0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud.
2: This is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast on a Monday. I'm James Erpine. Great to be with you. A lot to get to today. I caught up with Andrew Hawkins late last week. We talked Bengals. We talked Browns. You'll hear that conversation today. Also, Joe Goodberry on Cordy Glenn, Preston Brown, and more. The newest Bengal isn't even Preston Brown. It's great to be with you, by the way, if you're just joining us. You never heard the podcast before. This is your daily Bengals fix here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. We do it every single day, Monday through Friday. Heck, we had a special Saturday edition of the podcast over the weekend with my conversation with Dan uh, Horde, uh, my conversation with Dave Lappa, my conversation with Jim Osarski as well. Check that out. You can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast. you can get Locked on Bengals. And check out LockedOnBengals.com right now because there's a lot of good stuff up there including a couple prospect spotlights, center James Daniels. Solomon Tentman looks at him, looks at Isaiah Wynn as well, the guard from Georgia. Plus, um, a a really interesting piece at LockedOnBengals.com right now on the future health of Tyler Eifert, of John Ross, and Cordy Glenn. Check that out as well. Joel Chandler wrote about it and uh, talked with a health expert, a doctor specializes in injuries, And uh, she had a lot to say, a lot of interesting news notes on uh, the aforementioned guys, Eifert Ross and Cordy Glenn. But it's great to be with you today. And and let's start with the latest Bengals news. And they've signed Matt Barkley. Uh, I don't think it's going to impact their draft plans for for a quarterback, and I don't think it should. it's, It's not really a surprise to me that they added a veteran who's played in an NFL game before. Obviously, Jeff Driscoll hasn't done that. That's something... Barkley has done, not a lot, but he has done it. And they worked Matt Barkley out last year, midseason. So not a shock at all that they bring him in to be a, a veteran backup in that role, a veteran in that quarterback room. And and who knows, maybe he does end up being the backup in 2018. I think they'll still draft a quarterback. Where? When? During the draft? Not sure. Uh, but But another move was Preston Brown. And that was overshadowed by Vontez Berfect's four-game suspension. And Dave Lapham talked about that on the uh, on the podcast on Saturday. And I, I actually asked Joe Goodberry about that to start because I ch- I talked with Joe on Friday, and this was before the Matt Barkley signing. And Joe will be on with us with this podcast later this week. But I thought this was worth your time. First, I, I asked him about his thoughts, just his reaction, essentially, on Vontez Berfect in the the pending four game suspension due to performance enhancing drug.
3: Yeah, and uh of course it happened right after the announcing of the Preston Brown or at least the reports of the Preston Brown signing. And so we didn't get to enjoy the divisions in our head of both of them lining up together before we find out that Perfect is out for four games. Again, I mean it's at this point we're like Man, it's. When's the last time we started a season with him? And it's been has it been four years, two injury, two suspension years? And, I think so. Um, I mean, we're sitting at the point where, like, you know, we we've made the argument, we've had the discussion. Is Tyler Eifert worth it based on his the amount of games he's missed? But then we're right here with Vontaze Perfect in the same situation, and he's supposed to be. And I think well, everyone agrees he's the the, the emotional leader, and the, he's the one who brings the fight to the defense. And if he's not out there, the defense looks considerably worse. And here we are again, starting the year, looking at it like he's not going to be there for four weeks.
2: Yeah, to me, it's it stinks. It's it's just it, because this offseason has gone so well. I, I, I've said it to multiple guests today. I had a, a show plan based around saying nice things about the Bengals. And then I have to start the show and we have to talk about Vontez Perfect being suspended again. It just feels like a broken record.
3: Yeah, I you know, the reports, or at least the rumors the other day, of uh, Bonta's perfecting the trade talks with the Raiders, uh, for whatever that was worth, you know, we discussed it on your podcast, and we kind of had, had fun with that. And now a couple days later we look back and go, yeah, I wonder what you would get for them or if anyone would even be interested. How, you know, how are, how are the Bengals feeling? Are they fed up? Are they tired of it, dealing with with different issues between injuries to not playing within the guidelines? At this time it's performance enhancing. So, uh, he's gonna fight it and he's gonna he's gonna try and, and win that battle but you know usually when you fail a test you fail a test and there's there's no way around it.
2: Let's get to some good stuff because I, I don't want to send everybody into the weekend all depressed let's start with Preston Brown local product went to Northwest high School went to Louisville for college former third round pick of the bills. I look at his tackle numbers that looks good um, what's good about him what's bad about him and how do you think whole fit? Into this Bengals defense,
3: uh, there's there's enough good about him. I you know, there's a lot of people excited, and I think it's because of the local ties. Agreed. Uh, for me, he is an average starting linebacker, and and that's fine. The Bengals have needs at the at the position. It's not like a, you know uh, we're saying he's going to replace a good player. He's more likely going to play the interior spot where Kevin Minter was last year. Uh, Minter was injured pretty much the entire season, and that ended up being a bad signing. But this goes along with the trend of the Bengals normally signing a guy for one or two years at linebacker. This time, though, Preston Brown is 25 years old, so that's a little bit different than what they've done. Uh, Kevin Minter, I think, was only 26 last year, but I do think they're very similar players in in terms of they were very available for their teams before this. They played a 1,000 snaps. I'm talking about Preston Brown. Uh, played 1,000 snaps almost every year for the, for the Bills. 99% of the snaps over four years. Uh, that's good. The Bengals have had issues with guys staying healthy, especially last year at the linebacker position. If you're saying you're getting one of the most durable linebackers that can rack up tackles, uh, that's a welcome addition. Now, a one-year deal. We don't have the numbers yet on the money, but you can't imagine that it's too much on a one-year deal. So the the interest m- must not have been out there too heavily. Uh, for Brown, he hasn't graded too well in terms of pro football focus. He's graded negatively the last three years. Uh, as much as similar for a lot of the Bengals linebackers outside of Montez perfect in terms of like Nick Vigil and, and Kevin Minter and Vincent Ray, the coverage numbers aren't very good. He's allowed about 101.1 quarterback rating in coverage, allowing 79% uh, catch rate in, in coverage also. But 25 years old and being available, that is something the Bengals will value. You know, in that sense, he's kind of like the Russell Bodine of. Linebackers, and I know you're going to hate that, but just in the fact that he has played a lot, but he hasn't necessarily been really good. But being 25, you have to you have to think there is some upside there in, in terms of uh, you know development into the into the prime of his career.
2: Joe Goodberry of the Athletic is our guest, and let's get to a couple other signings here because I like overall I like what the Bengals have done, and obviously the Cordy Glenn deal. I want to get your opinion on that, but first Tyler Eifert to me. If you were going to take the 32nd-ranked offense last year, and obviously Eifert didn't play outside of the first couple games, just take him completely away and have him sign elsewhere. A lot of fans say, just draft a tight end. There are probably five Tyler Eiferts on planet Earth when he's healthy. Uh, I I like Tyler Eifert, and I'm glad that they kept him around.
3: Yeah, uh, and think of an offense that was really bad for the last two years and how much they've missed a healthy Tyler Eifert and what he brought to that offense in 2015 – uh, there wasn't a more impactful skill position player in in free agency that you could have added to this team. Uh, you know, I, I think in terms of the impact a healthy Eifert could have to the impact of let's say a Cordy Glenn could have, I think that's very similar. That, because Eifert really changed the way defenses could not only play, uh, it, but the way they covered AJ Green and, and the outlet it gave to Andy Dalton, especially up the seam and up the middle, where I think Dalton is very effective. Uh, so he, he, the red zone, too. We saw the decline in the red zone uh, productivity last year. Tyler Eifert obviously is one of the, the best red zone targets in all of the, the NFL. Uh, obviously, the issue is health and durability. And what are you getting him for? It sounds like it was an incentive deal. I think that's what everyone expected. Uh, it, it, if he's available, if he plays, it'll be worth it. If he's good, if he's a Tyler Eifer that we know that's healthy and good, I'll pay him $15 million, to be honest. But, you know, if he's going to miss games, if he's going to miss time, it sounds like this one-year deal will reflect that, and it won't hit the Bengals that hard. So for me, it's a win-win signing. Uh, if he's good, I'll happily, play, happily pay what this contract's worth. And if he's bad, then, then you have a nice duo with Tyler Croft and C.J. Uzama backing him up. I think with those three guys still heading into free agency in 2019, the Bengals will probably still look at the draft and try and bring in another guy uh, to develop because rookie tight ends don't normally step on the scene and, and hit the ground running anyway. So if you get a guy in early this year, he'll be ready to take over if you need that in 2019.
2: Last one for Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. He's on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Cordy Glenn, I know you wrote something, and it's in-depth. I haven't been able to read it yet, but I know you posted it on The Athletic on what Cordy Glenn could bring. You watched the film. You wrote about it. Give our our listeners a tease, if you will, about what you wrote about, what you saw when you watched the film.
3: Yeah, what I wrote about is basically a scouting report and put him through the grading process I've used for about six years now. And uh, he's not the most athletic left tackle, but he gets by. And his... his, his balance and agility make up for his, his really his explosiveness. Uh, he's got decent speed when he has to pull or get out in space and to, uh, and to block for screen plays or, or running plays. He's got long arms, strong hands, and that's how he wins. He, he likes to get contact early, net, uh, rock these guys off their balance and really finish the play. He's not the kind of guy that really uh, has that mean streak, but he's really effective without it. And uh, I think the Bengals are getting a top 10, 12, Left tackle in the NFL. one again, we're going to say when healthy. The Bengals seem like they're taking a lot of <laughs> boomer bust with these guys. They go back to even John Ross last year. I mean, if you have a healthy Ross, Cordy Glenn, and Tyler Eifert next year, completely different offense. But they could all miss significant time again, and uh, that's an issue. And this offense could be just as bad as it was. So for me, I think you're getting a really, really good player. And. Looking at the other offensive linemen and free agency and how much they got paid, looking at the offensive tackles in the draft, I don't think you could have found a better left tackle uh, than what the Bengals found in Cordy Glenn this year. So for me, I think that's an A-plus move for them, even dropping down a few few picks in the first round. Uh, I don't think they could have made a better acquisition to fill that spot.
2: Rave reviews from Joe Goodberry of The Athletic on Cordy Glenn and the trade there, and I get it. I understand it, and it's a damn shame that this Vontes Perfect thing is now like a cloud hanging over the Bengals. I'm James Erpene. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. You'll hear my conversation with Andrew Hawkins, former Brown, former Bengal, now with ESPN, now a podcast host, really good stuff there. I asked him a ton of different things, and uh, you'll hear that in just a second. But just make sure you do this. If you do one thing today, subscribe and Give us a five-star review, five stars on iTunes. Please, please check it out. Give us a review on iTunes as far as the Locked On Bengals podcast goes. You can get it everywhere from Stitcher to Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, and check out LockedOnBengals.com.
1: This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand-new way for you to buy a car
0: All the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in two hundred dollars, they'll match you with another hundred dollars in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at My Bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music.
1: What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game but changed their life.
4: It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win.
1: And so much more who tell the stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go.
2: This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. Let's get to my conversation with Andrew Hawkins. First thing I asked him about one of the greatest Browns ever. I asked him about left tackle Joe Thomas because that's they're host, co host together. And Joe Thomas announced his retirement. Kind of hurts Hugh Jackson. Uh, a little bit here because he's he's gonna have to try to find a way to replace a guy who might be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Joe Thomas hears Andrew Hawkins on whether or not he knew ahead of time if Joe Thomas was going to retire.
4: No, it's funny, man. I really had no idea. I mean, we would always he would always allude to it because we're, we're friends and we talk about it. And obviously, being in the same locker room, the conversation always comes up. But he never like leaned me one way or the other. And, and as the Browns started to make their free agency moves. I actually thought, well, you know what, I think there's a chance he might come back for one more year, not realizing what he was going through physically, and for him to be able to spell it out on the podcast, you know, was incredible, and like I said, I'm proud of him, he's an incredible teammate, one of the best guys that I know, best teammates I've ever had, um, but I, honestly, I had no idea which way he was going to go.
2: Did you have any of those physical ailments at all, like, as you started to get and in, in realize that you were going to step away and retire?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, you can't play football that long and not have them, to be honest. And it's like, it's one of those things where you almost, the pain becomes normal. Like, even now I have aches and pains I wake up with every day that I'll probably be there for the rest of my life that I don't even think twice about, that a normal person might wake up and say, ah, man, this something's really bothering me, I should go get it checked out. It's just normal to me. I can't sleep in certain positions because of my separated shoulder, or, you know, I can't sleep on my left side of my body because where I crack my rib as, a, you know, uh, a huge bump on it all the time or you know I've broken elbows, I've I've broken both my ankles, one of them twice. You know, I've torn ligaments, um, you know, hurt hurt my knees and got knees drained. It's just it's a part of the game and like I said, the guys who can kind of manage that are the ones who last the longest, but that doesn't come without consequence.
2: Andrew Hawkins is our guest. He's on Twitter at Hawk and the the breaking it's funny, I was planning this this really nice, gushy a segment to open the show about how the Bengals offseason was going so well and they traded for a left tackle and things were going swimmingly and they they add Preston Brown and, and then this news about Vontez Perfect breaks uh, about an hour, hour and a half ago and I'm like, well, damn, I gotta change up the show. <laughs> and, and it's have you ever seen because you've played you played with Vontez Burfict here in Cincinnati and, and you yeah. played with with Josh Gordon. And I know their their backgrounds are completely different, but there's no mm-hmm. doubt they're two elite talents and it just seems like there are times when they just haven't been able to get out of their own way.
4: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's a part of the game, man. It, it happens, you know. Um, you know, the Vontaze situation is different because, You know, this isn't something he's ever been in trouble for. And, yeah. you know, it could very well be a situation where he's training and he's working hard and someone gives him something to say, hey, try this. And you just don't think that, oh, okay, there's, there's no way there's something here that's illegal, right? And that that does honestly happen all the time. Um but as it pertains to this, I mean, you know, it's like I said. Sometimes you have to give up some of the the other side of it to have such a talent like Vontez, because Vontez to me is one of the best linebackers in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I, I agree completely. And the, basically, what and we all saw that the hit that that Juju Smith Schuster had on him. Uh, what Adam mm-hmm. Schefter's reporting is that he was taking medicine. It was prescribed. Which, if if that's the case, and it was prescribed to him, why wouldn't he take it? post-concussion of course you, you know so
4: of course i mean look that's like i said you can't have one without the other and you know and if that is the case i'd be interested to see how it ends up because you have a situation where a player is is taking medication for an injury that happens on the field especially the concussion the way we've seen it happen with montez and now he's being punished for trying to treat something that the league you know they They've been criticized for not honestly doing enough to treat those kind of injuries.
2: Andrew Hawkins is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Hawk. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to do the, the gushy stuff with the Bengals, and I'm still going to get to that. We can't let the, the news of Avantes Perfect and his potential four-game suspension rain on the parade. I, I had you on a couple months ago, right after Marvin Lewis was retained, Andrew, and you <clears> gave <throat> him that vote of confidence. And since then, I looked at at every Bengals move they've made I, mean, I can't argue or I can't. I don't have beef with any of them. They all make sense to me. Uh, so, have you paid attention to the Bengals offseason at all? And do you think they're going in the right direction?
4: I have paid attention. The one I, the one I liked the most was the fact that they retained Tyler Eifert. Agreed. Like, that was, that was a big one for me because I think Tyler is another one of those very special talents. He's had a string of bad luck over the last couple of seasons. But I'm, I'm, I'm praying and I'm hoping that he's 100% healthy and he can get back out there to show guys. Like, you know, how special he was because his trajectory has a tight end, man. He was, he was and, and is just as talented as a Gronk, you know, and, and I think he makes the players around him better because he opens up the field for guys like A.J. where you can't just shift the coverage to him. And for a guy like Andy, it helps him have weapons in different parts of the field and it makes him a better player. So, of all the things that they've done this offseason, that that was the one I'm most excited about.
2: Yeah, and I was worried he was going to walk and, and find a, yes. another home elsewhere. Because he is an elite talent. And, and people here, the Bengals were, thir- like, the Browns went 0-16. The Bengals were 32nd mm-hmm. in total offense. <laughs> so, they were behind yes. everyone. And, and I just think if you got a guy like Eifert, why not take a chance on a one-year deal and see if he can stay healthy and contribute?
4: And, you know, the thing is this, there were, you know, because I'm, I'm – I'm tied into a lot of a lot of teams around the league, and, and what happens is when these guys become available or they potential to become available, they reach out to guys that they trust to get their information on them. And I talked to three different teams that were actively trying to make Eifert a big part of their offense. Like, and they're they're asking me about you know well, what's he like this? What's he like off the field? What what kind of guy is he? is he? Is he a bad guy, good guy? You know, so I know there was a real serious market for him. Um, and you know, that's the Bengals style that's what the Bengals do. Sometimes it bites them in the butt, and sometimes they went big on it. It's okay, we're going to let them let everyone else set the market for the guy, and then we're going to match the market. Um, and that's just the way that the Bengals do things. And I think it honestly, it bodes well for them more times than not. And I think this is another situation that you look at that, uh, you know, it was, it was a benefit to them.
2: And obviously, you, you, you played with Andy Dalton. I, I think you like Andy Dalton. I think even, even if there, there are people out there, including myself, who criticize Andy Dalton, no doubt they need a better offensive line next year. The trade for Cordy Glenn, to me, made so much sense to, to solve that, that left side of the line and get a left tackle in there to kind of replace Whitworth a year late.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You need a stability. You need Andy, you know, back there quarterback. He needs to make sure you have somebody in place. You know, with that kind of skill set to say, okay, I know I'm protected here, so I don't have to be, you know, looking over my shoulder here because I might miss where a linebacker moves, or I might miss this receiver if I look there a split second late. So I think that's important for the quarterback and, and Andy specifically in this offense. You know, I'm a guy that I had the luxury in my career playing with Andrew Whitworth and Joe Thomas, so I've never been a part of an offense where that's ever been an issue. You know, so I can imagine for Andy having going in there this year. It's gonna gonna be night and day for him and, and his comfortability inside his pocket.
2: No one's listening. This is just between us. Who's better, Andrew or Joe?
4: Oh, that is <laughs> that is a good one. I got I gotta go <laughs> with Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. They're both incredibly I I don't wanna disrespect anyone because they're I mean both elite. One's I was your your co host on
2: podcasting. College.
4: And one is my good friend, yeah. right? So, like I said, I think they are both the kind of guys you have to get so much respect for. Um, Andrew Whitworth is a guy that, honestly, he probably didn't get his just due until later in his career. People didn't realize how good he was. Um, Joe's a guy who everyone knows he's been a star since the beginning, and he's been the only part of the Browns organization that anyone can count on as being great day in and day out. So that in itself is a, is a whole different form of special.
2: Make sure you check out Andrew Hawkins' podcast with Joe Thomas. It's the Tomahawk Show. I, I really enjoy it. I'm subscribed to it. I haven't given you a five star review yet. I need to do that.
4: Wow, that I, is disrespectful. I, I, no,
2: it's not. I listen to. I, I I I don't even go in and review. I haven't reviewed really any podcast. I'm bad at that. But I will. I promise. Yeah, well,
4: I'm glad you listen to it because there's some there's some media people out there that they hate on the Tomahawk. They don't like the fact that we're we're cutting edge media. We, you know, we're we getting to the source, and we're doing it our own way. So I just appreciate the fact that you listen, because that's you keeping it real, James, and that's good enough for me.
2: Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, no, I, I really enjoyed. it. I, I love the, the conversation with – is the, the Richard Sherman one out yet? I love the conversation with Manziel. Yep. The Richard Sherman one is out. Okay, I need to – I'll have to check that one out as well. What did
4: Richard Sherman came out.
2: What, what did you think of, and uh, I think you were on, just based on Twitter, you were on Richard's side with this. I know Joe Thomas made some headlines when he said that Richard kind of got screwed negotiating his own deal. What What are your thoughts on that and then players being their own agent, essentially, and doing that, negotiating their own contracts?
4: I think there's players that can do it. I think there's players that should, right? I think it's on a case-by-case basis. Just like, like agents. There's people who are agents that shouldn't be agents because they suck. And then there are guys who are really good at it. It doesn't matter because you're a player, you can't do it. The only, the only weird part about it is being able to talk about yourself and hear some of the criticism directed from the team and not having a third party. But if you have the personality where well, you don't mind that kind of stuff, then I think you can do it if you, if you do the relevant research. I just don't like how the narrative was Sherman got a bad deal. Well, Sherman didn't get a bad deal because he represented himself. Sherman got uh, less than favorable deal in the way we look at him as a corner because... He's coming off of two surgeries on each of his Achilles, and he's a corner, and he's 30 years old on March 30th. That's why Sherman's deal wasn't great. It had nothing to do with the fact he represented himself, but it seems like the narrative or some of the the tone of these things is more of like, oh, players should never represent themselves because you're not smart enough. That's stupid. This is a Stanford guy who graduated from Stanford. Like, you know, I, I was a guy who was very much involved in my negotiation process, You know, I will tell that story probably sometime down the line when I'm a little (laughs) bit more removed. But I just know for a fact there's a lot of guys who can do it. Um, And again, that doesn't mean that all agents are bad. That doesn't mean that every guy should represent himself. But the narrative that it should never be done is ridiculous to me.
2: It seems like the Cleveland media and especially fans right now, and I get it because they were 0-16, they just hate Hugh Jackson. And any time I remotely say anything good about Hugh Jackson, it sounds like, it seems like I get criticized for it. But i got to ask you about the, the Browns offseason moves. I like the, the Tomahawk show, by the way, when you went uh, and, and talked about each one. But I like what they've done so far, and I know I said that about the Bengals as well, but it seems like the Browns are going in the right direction.
4: I think so, too. I think the Browns are making a lot of, the, uh, I don't want to call them safe moves, but they are they're good football moves. They're, you know, low-risk moves. Like, I think I have more respect for Tyrod than a lot of people do. You know, it's funny to me that Kirk Cousins, you know, makes $84 million guaranteed with a 26-30 and 30 record, and Tyrod Taylor, who is 22 and 22-20, is getting shipped around and looking to be replaced no matter what he does, even if that's taking Buffalo to the playoffs um, after 19 years. But so I, I like that move. Uh, I love the Jarvis Landry, move. I think Jarvis is going to fit perfectly in the AFC North because he has that That grit and that edge to him that you just need in that conference So I think that's a big move and I you know, I appreciate some of the defensive moves they're making as well I think they're giving you the football players. He needs to be successful in Cleveland I already know in the building the tide is turning and it's turned already with the philosophy and the way people carry themselves in the building and behind closed doors Now it's time for the product on the field to reflect that, and I think they're putting the pieces in place for that to happen for you.
2: Yeah, I hope it happens as well because I don't want – honestly, I don't want Hugh to become a punchline when I – I think you've said it, and I know I think he could coach really well, and he's a good coach, so I hope that doesn't happen. Of course. Uh, One last one for Andrew Hawkins as he's joining us. Make sure you listen to the podcast, uh, The Tomahawk Show with Joe Thomas. He's on Twitter, at Hawk. i got to ask you about Johnny Manziel. Do you think you were obviously with him – and, and I remember talking to your to your brother Artrell about Johnny, and I loved him coming out of the draft. I I didn't know about the the off the field stuff was as, as bad as it was. But do you think he's he's turned it around? And will hopefully, I mean, you've seen the NFL. There's plenty of of players who get a second chance. You think he'll get a second chance?
4: I hope he gets a second chance because because he's my friend. Um, now, as far as turning it around, I think that's a show and prove kind of thing. That's not something that because he says he turned around. He turned it around. Like I we all have family members of friends who have family members who have dealt with addiction. So I think a win for Johnny is getting his addiction under control as best he possibly can. That's a win. A win isn't necessarily him, you know, being back starting as a quarterback because at the time he was starting as a quarterback, you know, his life was in turmoil. Mm-hmm. So that's not a win to me. Right? So you had to think of him as football players second and people first. Now beyond that, as far as his prospect of being back in the National Football League I could see somebody give him an, an opportunity. If he continues to work, he continues to you know, show that he's in a place where he's making the right decisions off the field and he's trying to get his addiction or his, his mental illness under control and he gets it stabilized. He's in a uh, very unique position in the fact that he has practice squad eligibility left. So there's a, a team up that I could say, like, hey, okay, this, cat, this kid is doing this, 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 and he's done – you know, good for a year and a half. He's done good for two years. He showed he's still got on the football field. You know, why not sign him to a 110 grand contract as a practice squad player and kind of have him in that probationary period to say, okay, you're going to be a practice squad guy for a year, you know, two years or whatever that takes to say make him prove that he's earned an active spot on the roster beyond his ability. Um, that's why I think he can get the opportunity because, like I said, that's, that's low risk for any team that wants to bring him in and kick the tire.
2: That's a good point. I haven't even thought about that. He's Andrew Hawkins. Follow him on Twitter at Hawk. Is your bracket busted like mine is yet?
4: Huh? Yeah, it busted up real bad. Is it? Oh, I had yeah.
2: a- I had Arizona in the final, man.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you're done I'm not done like that yet, but yeah, uh, it's, it's busted up pretty good.
2: Oh, I, I appreciate you coming on as always. Um, so the Tomahawk Show. I know I missed it. I know you you have ESPN. I've seen you on NFL Live. What do you got going on? Just let everybody. I know you got a lot of fans here in Cincinnati.
4: A little bit of everything, man. So, yeah, just catch me at the Tomahawk (laughs) Show, uh, presented by Uninterrupted. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's everywhere. It's me and Joe Thomas, and giving people the player's perspective. ESPN, I'm one of the hosts of Sports Center Snapchat. I'm also one of the 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 filling hosts of NFL Live. So, I'll be on there next, I believe, the 30th. I'll be on NFL Live. So, yeah, I mean, you'll catch me all over doing some things. I'll have some more announcements here in the next couple of months. And, of course, as always, I'll come back and see my guy James and, and fill you in on all the details.
2: That's former Bengals wide receiver now podcast host Andrew Hawkins, my conversation with him. I thought it was just really good stuff, good perspective from Andrew on Joe Thomas because that does change things a, a little bit for the uh, the Bengals and the Browns and in the division because, let's be honest, he's the the best player that the the Browns have had for quite some time. And uh, him retiring, uh, Him retiring. good uh Good to see though that he decided to walk away. The last thing I and the thing I hate about just sports, covering sports, paying attention to sports, being a fan of sports, really, is you find about find out about these athletes who they're forty five, they're fifty years old, and they're struggling day to day. And it's because maybe they held on too long. And hopefully Joe Thomas got out at, at just the right time. I know Andrew, it seemed like he got out at the right time last year, even though he was with New England and he had a chance to finally maybe win a Super Bowl, didn't, walked away because he knew it was the right time, and I, I think that Joe did that as well. That's a testament to how smart those guys are, honestly. Because most uh, on, uh, people like a lot of athletes and, and people as dumb as me would probably be numbskulls and not have the bigger picture in mind, and I think Andrew and Joe, not only is their podcast set up for success, I, I, and I've thought about this, I wouldn't be shocked to see Joe Thomas on national broadcast doing color commentary. I could totally see him doing that. I think he would be a good fit. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. We'll do wall-to-wall Bengals tomorrow. I just I thought that Andrew offered unique perspectives not only on the Bengals and, and Johnny Manziel and Joe Thomas, but it's just good to hear his voice and get him on every once in a while on this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Tomorrow. Well, hopefully we'll have some, some more news to talk about. I do know we have Joe Goodberry later in the week. We'll probably look at Matt Barkley a little bit closer. Maybe the Preston Brown signing a little bit closer. This Vontez Perfect thing, what does it all mean? Here's what I do know. If you're new to the podcast and you've listened to Saturday's episode or today's, you've heard from Dave Lapham, Dan Horde, Jim Osarski, Joe Goodberry, and Andrew Hawkins. That's a pretty good lineup. And if you're, you're new... Join us, subscribe, iTunes, the Radio app, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, you can get this podcast. Also, check out LockedOnBengals.com. There's a lot of good articles out there. Prospect Spotlight, Solomon Teton's Prospect Spotlight series. He's looking at an offensive linemen. He's looking at linebackers. And uh, it's worth the read if you haven't checked them out yet at LockedOnBengals.com. Also, Joel Chandler chatted with an injury expert on the futures of Tyler Eifert, John Ross, Cordy Glenn, all had injuries last year, all missed significant time last year. Is that going to hurt them moving forward? Get those answers and more at lockedonbangles.com. Thank you for listening. Until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine, and this has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast.
0: Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions?